this final part of a two-part interview, my spiritual mom continues our candid conversation where she dives into how my hurts and pains affected my raising of my daughter, my controlling nature, why I held rules as a way of life, and finally, how my desire to not only honor God, but to submit unto the obedience of his word with a sincere heart allowed me to submit to counseling, healing, and discipleship to find myself on the other side from controlling things myself to allowing God to control it all for me. So without further delay, let's jump in. Hello, ladies, and welcome once again to Trueness of the Words, a place for women authentic and vulnerable. I am Letitia Watkins, and I am your your host for today, but I am not, as I said on our last show, the original host. I have the honor and pleasure of being here with the original host, Miss Eleanor Flemings, the creator and host of um, um, Trueness of the Words. So welcome, Eleanor. Thank you. Thank you so much for welcoming me, and you welcome. I'm so excited today. Yeah, she gets to be a, a, a guest on her own show that she created. And for those of you who were not with us last time, this is actually part two of an interview with Eleanor. And it really is just a journey of freedom is how I think of it. It's just uh, we're talking about Eleanor's life and Eleanor's journey and praying and believing and trusting that God will use this to help other women uh, learn and know how they can navigate their journey of heal, healing and freedom. And so last time we talked about a lot. So ladies, if you did not see the first half, you must go and look um, uh, for that episode and see the first half because we're going to continue our journey about Eleanor's story. So it's so funny. As I look back at the podcast, the last episode, one of the things I said, I said, we just jump right into it. I said, so this time I want to give you a little bit of time to give people kind of your background, just a little bit of uh, information about, you know, who you are. You're married, single, children, grandchildren, business, to just to talk a little bit about that, that kind of information. Okay. Well, my name is Eleanor. <laughs> and though uh, my spiritual mother said I'm the creator of trueness of the words, I actually, the Lord birthed this in me. Um, um, it's been a little over a decade ago now, and I didn't know what the purpose of it was. And he showed me through hardship and trials the purpose of this and had to get me to a place of comfortableness to even step out and do such a thing because I'm very in my own world. I like to keep my business to me. I'm very uh, guarded about things in my life. And so he actually used the business side to get me comfortable enough to do this. And I know for a fact he used the business side because I was trying to get to my clients to help them in some areas. And it took me to social media and I'm not a social media person. I am now, though. <laughs> and so and once he got me, once that happened, it was like it wasn't a long period of time. It's like he hit the trigger. OK, we're here. So this is what we need to do. And he was dealing with me in my time of prayer and things like that. So I am a business owner. That's not my primary role. I'm a mother. Uh, I, my mother, my daughter will be 32. 
Um, and many of you that have been watching this journey so far know that I am not in the uh, best season with my daughter, but I am in a, I know that God is faithful and mm -hmm. I know he'll bring that to, uh, he'll bring that to pass in due time, as long as I continue to serve him. Because I remember where he tells me, you know, and Samuel speaks about obedience is greater than sacrifice. So my obedience unto him for the years is what's going to bring things to pass. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm married. I've been, um, um, we're a blended family, uh, but we came into our marriage with adult children. They weren't uh, children. They, the youngest were uh, 18. They were 18 years. They had just graduated from high school. So, um, and then he, my husband has uh, even much older children that I think the, the oldest is in her 40s. So, that, um, so I'm a mother. How many grandchildren? Oh my goodness. You can't forget the grandbabies. <laughs> so, many know this already, but I, I don't really say because I, I don't expose their names. I'm very careful. We're on the social media still at the end of it all. But I have three grandchildren, right? And I'm telling you, like, I never thought that grandchildren would, kids, period, let's be clear on that. Like, kids was not my thing. But I never thought that I would be so in love and in awe of grandchildren. Now, I'm not that grandparent that whip out the, the pictures. I'm still <laughs> not that person. I don't, I'm straight on that part. <laughs> but, so that's what I am. I'm a daughter. Um, I'm, I have my mom. I'm blessed to have my mom. I uh, have a sister. I'm a sister. I'm an aunt. And um, I have uh, five nieces and nephews. And so I have my daughter, my five nieces and nephews, and I love each one of them dearly. Um, and like I said, I'm a business owner. And I, God has blessed me to be able to have uh, this ministry, Trueness of the Words. And I also mentor uh, women on the business side. And I, I uh, disciple Men, mentor in a way because some of it is mentorship on the ministry side. I think I hit it all. I probably haven't, but I think that. Hit it. Well, that's a, that gives people a little um, background about about who you are and just so and your business is. Oh yes, so I manage the bookkeeping for my. I have a team. I have team members, so we manage the bookkeeping for construction industry exclusively. Now we have a couple of trinkles in there that won't leave me. They won't go. <laughs> so when I when I flipped it to construction exclusively a couple of years back, they um, were like, "I'm not going anywhere." And so, but we manage the bookkeeping for the construction industry, and I am so blessed. Because I have to say something about that. When I when when God placed it in me, and you have to know when the Lord is placing things inside of you. We can't just run out here all jumping and saying we're going to do this and do that. God had begun to deal with me about this. And I didn't think, like, no. For one, I didn't want to leave my corporate job, leave my salary, right? So, but as time went on, when 2019 came, it was clear. It was like it was in me. I don't I can't describe that feeling you have inside of you that, you know, God, and he's pulling at you and you do it. And so in 2019, I said, Lord, I'm going to be obedient and I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to do this because business is in me. But, you know, sometimes we think we don't have the appropriate education or large enough education or uh, this. But it, 
this is something I've been doing for um, 20. So I've been doing the bookkeeping for clients for almost two decades. Wow. Yes. And so it will, you know, so that I, I love what I do. I genuinely love what I do. But that is awesome. I always say, if I ever come into any money, you are going to manage my money. You're the only person I would trust with managing my money. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. So let's um, just kind of talk a little bit, um, kind of catch people up to what we covered before. We, um, you know, again, talked about, you know, how you and I uh, met and began to start this whole discipleship journey. Um, as Eleanor mentioned, uh, Eleanor is one of my spiritual daughters. And so we started an uh, uh, intense discipleship journey about two, 2016. We knew each other before then. And we talked about kind of what I encountered in you, some of the walls and different things that I noticed, some of the anger and just some of the um, things that I noticed. And we talked about what led you to that point. That's what we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you talked about, um, unfortunately, some of the traumatic abuse that happened to you. Uh, some of the um, secrets about even not knowing who your father was, your real father was, thinking another person was your father. So you talked about all those things that kind of happened to you that that caused that anger and caused those walls to go up. And I love how you said, last time you said a building, and that's true. So many people, they not build up walls. They're building buildings around their hearts and minds because of the pain that they've experienced. And so you you, you talked about that. And you and, and so we we didn't just talk about the pain and the wounds and the abuse. We talked about how it impacted your life. And then we also talked about some of the things that you did to the Lord began to take you on a journey of freedom and some of the things that you did to, to, to have freedom, to experience freedom and healing, like counseling and um, inner healing. And we talked about being involved in women's ministry and then just your uh, your discipleship relationship with, with me, um, just interacting together, just what those things did as a part of your healing. And and what I was going to ask you, I can't because you you told me you have not seen the first episode. So I won't ask you that. Well, I guess I'll ask you, I'll ask you this way, um, because sometimes watching or, or hearing your own story, you have a different response than when you're sharing it or telling it. But just just having told it and talked about it from the last time, any comments or thoughts you have about, you know, the first episode that we did and things that you shared and, and, and I th- or maybe even emotions or thoughts or feelings that had come up that might've surprised you. Any, any thoughts from our last episode? So, yeah. So, and you're right. I didn't watch, even though I was the editor of it, I knew what needed to be done. So, but I was mindful that I did not want to watch the full episode because I didn't want it to affect or impact our next session. Mm-hmm. If that, if, I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe everyone doesn't function that way, but I like to be as authentic as I can. And sometimes I think if you watch something you or go back to something, now you want to critique it and think, I just want it to be what it is. And so that's why I didn't fully watch it. Now, the question is, did something come up? Actually, something did come up after the fact. And um, for me, it was about being um, married, actually. Some of those, uh, the choices we make when we are um, coming up and we have these things that happen to us, abuse and things like that, it affects many choices that we make. Mm -hmm. And so I've been married twice 
this is my second marriage that I'm in and I was married early on and I married a man that was everything that, um, even though I love my father, he was abusive to my mom and I never wanted that. I knew I didn't want that in a man. And so I end up marrying someone in my early twenties that was, uh, abusive. And now anybody didn't know me, I'm not boasting this, but it was no walk in the park. You're not getting ready to fight me and we not fighting again. <laughs> we, it's a, we, I'm not one of those, you laying down on the ground. So, and I chuckle with that. I can laugh now, but at the time, um, I remember, remember my mom saying to me before I even married, he's not for you. Mm-hmm. And so, not listening because now I want to control my narrative of things. But once I got into that, I knew, no, this isn't for me. And I, and that came up for me because I remember when I went, just in case there's a woman, and I thought about this literally after the podcast, I said, man, a woman needs to know that if she goes to the Lord, he will answer her prayers. Um, I went and I just went to a hotel room one weekend and I went to my mom and I said, mom, can you drop me off at the hotel? I, uh, I had my, I have a vehicle, but I didn't want anyone to spot my vehicle. I, I remember this. And, um, I told us, I, I just need to get somewhere. I need to fast and pray and hear me women. So key. I said, I needed to fast and pray and I needed to give before the Lord. And I fasted for it was three it was that friday night and saturday night and all day friday all day saturday half a sunday i remember it this was 1998 and i asked the lord to lead and guide order my steps because i knew i had made an error and but i also wanted to do what was right by god but i needed to i needed to govern my daughter even though there was no physical altercations going on in front of her or he had a son as well. Um, I never wanted it to possibly happen. And so I went before the Lord and I poured my heart out to God. And I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. When I came from that, from there, and I completely mm-hmm. prayed, I had clarity on what to do and nothing. There was not one hiccup, not one when I say every door was open, I was divorced by that summer. It was because I knew my error, but I knew I needed to I can't just make another move. Mm-hmm. I have to go to the Lord. So mm-hmm. I, I thought about that. And then we further make choices, right? We, we make choices that um, based upon a need of where we are in a moment. And we have to be careful not to make decisions based upon a need in a moment. God should be the only person that we're going to for our need. And I, I want to just say that because I need and I'm being I'm being direct, but vague in a way and be very because I know there have if there's a woman that's listening. Go before the Lord before you make decisions is the point I'm making to you. Go before the Lord and ask the Lord to lead, guide, and order your steps. Because we make we mm-hmm. make some bad choices. Yeah. Trust God. Yeah. And um, that's good that, um, you know, just to point that out, because 
again, if you come, if you're coming from a place of brokenness and woundedness, neediness, whatever that is, like you said, you, that will um, that will produce some bad decisions if you're making you're making decisions from that point. So you do have to take everything back to the Lord. So right. that is key that you shared that, that that you went and fasted and prayed um, even about you know the next direction for yourself. You know, one of the things that um, you know stuck out to me, like I said, we talked about the things that happened to you and some of the things that God used to heal you. And, um, and, and, and one of the things I was just reflecting on is about how much fruit I saw in your life along the journey, right? I saw fruit all along the way. I saw fruit from the healing, I, uh, from the uh, counseling, from the uh, being involved in women's ministry. Like I said, I saw you soften a little bit. I saw you trust women a little bit. I saw you even start to love, you know, and, uh, women. And then I saw fruit from the, um, the inner healing. I, I mean, I saw... I saw uh, definitely a, a change in you from the inner healing. And so I saw the fruit fruit all along the way. We um, we talked about this before, but I wanted to mention it on here because one of the things that I remember when I first met you and there was this, I could tell you had a lot of anger in you. And, and again, I learned that the anger was from the hurt. You know, when somebody hurts you and you don't process that right, you, you internalize it as anger. And it was like anger to the point of rage, right? And I remember when I was, sometimes we would talk about certain things and that this anger, I could see it just moving through your body and about to come out your mouth almost like in a scream or a yell. And you would literally swallow it. And I would be like, oh, my goodness, that has to be dealt with because that is not good for your body. When you have the anger and rage in you like that, that is trying to get out and you keep pressing it back down. And I think you even used that term last time. You kept pressing it back down because because the other thing I think that happens is that we're afraid of that. We're like, what is this? You feel like you're about to explode. And so it's back to what I know, what you know to do as somebody that's wounded and hurt is to control. So let me control this anger and rage and press it back down. So I saw that, I saw that in, in you. Do you recall? I know, I know you recall what I'm talking about. You were doing it. So yes. <laughs> any comments you want to make about that? Yes, I do. Um, you are absolutely correct. Um, let's start on the control part. I am um, very big on how it was. It was worse though, where I need to control what's going on around me. Now I still have control issues. Let's be clear, because there are things that I'm you. I just don't need in my space, so I need to control the narrative, so to say. But I used to be. I had so much hurt inside of me that I was. I'm gonna say this. Let me let me lean a little forward because. I need a woman, if it's just one, to hear this. I was lying to the world about me being okay. So I, th I think that needs to be said. I was not truthful about me. I was not okay. And part of that is because there are people that look, older people that look to you as well. And it's like, man, I want to be more like you are and because you do this and you do that and you have, and yes, I am a person. I handle things. I, I am a no nonsense. That's a reality. Mm -hmm. But the hurt that I was dealing with from childhood mm -hmm. needed to be exposed. See, the mm -hmm. enemy works in those dark places. Mm -hmm. He keeps us bound and consumed. He, he puts 
the thoughts in our mind that makes us second guess what God is really doing. But he can only do that because we're holding on to stuff. We're not being truthful. We're not being vulnerable. We're not being, because um, we have to be vulnerable. Vulnerability doesn't mean we're weak. Mm-hmm. It just does not mean that. It means we're opening up to someone to get this, this whatever it is inside of us out. So yes, I had a lot of that in me. I, you know, I see that with my daughter mm. and she, it's like, she explodes. It's like, she's imploding from the inside out. And I used to be, again, because I was covering my own woundedness up. I would just say, you know, it's a way you can handle it. You don't have to handle it this way. You don't have to handle it. But I myself, I may have, my anger may have come out a little differently, but I had anger mm-hmm. inside of me. And there were people I was angry with that I'm hiding, not now, but mm-hmm. I was hiding because if you say this, who is it going to hurt? Or so, yes, I had that anger in counseling and the emotional healing. And that, that healing, I'm going to go back to this healing group was everything uh the counseling was phenomenal we need that yeah we need to be able to have that so yes i remember that i live that i'm uh, thankful of sitting on your sofa i can say this isn't i mean if it was for this podcast somebody say something is not real oh that's another thing i am a person i've always my mom used to say, girl, whatever come up don't have to come out of that mouth yours. <laughs> and it was because I always felt like you have to tell the truth. Now, even though it sounds a little contradictory, I did tell the truth. If you asked me something or if I saw something, I would tell the truth. I'm that way to this day. And I'm going to tell you about yourself, too. Meaning, like, I can tell you I'm not afraid to have the conversation with mm-hmm. the person. So yeah, I I that was me and um yeah. definitely and you know um uh it's interesting that you you mentioned um Brisha because that, that is where I want to go next. And so um, you know, because again, as we talked about, I saw fruit in in all that you had done. I, I don't know how long we have been on the journey, but I saw fruit all along the way. And 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 where I saw fruit, I think you mentioned on the um last episode where at, there was a time when you and I and Brisha started getting together because I didn't know Brisha before, but I met, met Brisha because one of the things that I would notice is that whenever you would have whatever Brisha would call you 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 would get so tense it would it, it the, the anger would start to bubble up. And 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 what I what I realized now I didn't realize then, but it wasn't so much that she was just a direct cause of that, but that anger was already there, had nothing to do with Brisha. She just aggravated it. It just agitated it in you. It was already there from all the as we talked about on the last episode, from all the hurt and pain that you had, and it just aggravated it. And so, but but what I want to start off by talking about with Brisha, I, I so I saw fruit even in your relationship with Brisha, right? Because you guys were starting to do better, and you guys were starting to try to interact with one another and to, um, you know, connect with one another. And that's around the time that she had, you know, your second, your your first grandson. And so you were there for that. And I even have a, some pictures, some great pictures from that. And I could see the real joy on both of your faces that that moment was happening based on where the relationship had been right yeah. and so i saw that but but let's talk about Bre- that relationship with brisha and that journey so 
you from your woundedness and your hurt and pain how, let's start let's start with the beginning of your motherhood how did that impact your mothering what, what it, because we talked about how woundedness and pain and hurt it will show up in your life and it's going to impact your life in every way so how did that impact your mothering i was full i was full-fledged controlling um let, this is the best way i can do it um this is this is me this is my daughter and i had a thumb on her because for one her father wasn't there he had he wasn't there and so and i always am careful to make sure it's stated i didn't do anything to push him out of her life mm -hmm. so um the thing is I needed to protect her from what had been done to me. Mm -hmm. And so I, and the times that, um, and, and I'm speaking to that father piece because a dad needs to be there. And so he would, and when I say he was, he would, every blue moon, he would be there and I could see her light up, right? So I I'm going to protect her from anybody that's going to hurt her. I have this saying that I don't live my life around my daughter. I mean, I, my daughter doesn't live her life around me. I live my life around my daughter. And that was real. That's how I live my life. Everything was focused and centered around her. I never wanted her to experience someone raping her. I never wanted her to experience someone, her having children, and that person just walks away from their child. I never wanted her to experience someone violating her in any way. And what I was doing then that I know better now is I was trying to take the place of what God could only control. Mm -hmm. And But I was strong in that thing. I was deep in there. I was, um, my abuse and my trauma affected my up my raising of my daughter on so many levels. I mean, we're talking about the schools that she went that she went to. I mean, because I was, you're just saying you you were it caused you to be a strict parent that you oh, you. you 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 were very rigid in your um like you said you held boundaries very tight because you were trying to protect her so 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 definitely the controlling and the boundaries and the strictness uh, what what other impact do you think uh, how else did it impact your um parenting would you say just in terms of the way I loved I loved my daughter but I didn't have I didn't have, I love my daughter, but she needed an emotional attachment from me mm. that I didn't realize I didn't have the capacity to give her. Mm. I knew I love my daughter. I, I can't say that large enough. Like I genuinely loved her with everything I knew to love my child with i don't think it's another parent. i say that i don't think it's another parent that could love their child as hard as i did but i had emotional attachment issues 
that I didn't realize was detaching me from her. So when my child would say, I know you love me, I don't feel love. Mm. And I would be saying, mm. how can you not? But I know what that, after mm. going through healing and counseling, I get it. Mm. That's why counseling is so important when we have woundedness and past baggage, because they help us to put things into perspective. I remember when within my 13 weeks, not 12, my 13 <laughs> weeks of counseling. Okay. You, you ain't letting I, that week go. You said that 13 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so I remember that one of the things, and I don't remember detail, but I remember her helping me understand the difference between love and emotional detachment or attachment. Mm. I thought they were the same. Mm. But when she didn't have to convince me of, and I want to say this too, sometimes people think, oh, they're, they're convincing you or something. They're, they are uh, swaying you to their side. No, literally what's happening is the right counselor that is walking in Christ and genuinely is in the worst can show you because the Holy Spirit mm, is amen. guiding them. She was able to show me how my emotional detachment because of things that happened in my past affected me in raising up my daughter. So yes, I gave her a foundation in the Lord. I did all the right stuff. Mm. Let me say that all the right stuff. Yes, I gave her a foundation in the Lord. I went to I served God. I'm praying mm. with my child. Nobody better better not bother mm. my child. I made you she has a good roof over her head, the best of schools. But emotionally, mm. she there was a space that she did not feel because it was a faith of space I wouldn't give to anybody. And you know what, Eleanor, that that this is so key because I think this is one of the greatest things, the greatest impact of abuse and woundedness. It it because it's back to that wall and that building, right? It causes people to build walls and buildings around our heart. And so what happens is you're building to protect, but nothing can get in and nothing can get out. And so though, like you said, you loved your daughter, the experience of your love was not getting out because you had um, the walls up. And, and I love that you used the phrase that you did not have in that time, you did not, you were not, I forgot how you said it, but you did not have the capacity to give her that emotional love because you didn't even realize it yourself that you were not, you were keeping that from her. You, you felt like I, I'm giving my daughter all the love that I can give. And because of the woundedness you had shut down emotionally, you're not realizing that, oh, I'm not giving her the emotional love that she needs. You're not realizing that now. And I think that happens so many times in relationships because yeah. people are people are so wounded. When there's woundedness and brokenness and hurt and abuse, this is the this is the result of that. Yes. Yes, it is. We and I want to I want to say this. Then after you find out that you don't you didn't have a capacity of space for that this person, we talking about my mm -hmm. daughter in this case. Even after I learned that, going through counseling and going through healing, now you have the journey mm. 
of trying to walk this thing out. And the other person now is like, I'm over it. Mm. Because, Because it's not that simple that you get it. You're so excited. Lord, I see it now. I got it. So now the real work happens because now, you know, you're aware, but that person now has been wounded. Yes. I was just going to say, that's what's happening. Now they're wounded. Now they're hurt. Now they have walls up. Now they're building a building around their heart that, and, 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 you know, that's why it's a cliche cliche saying, but that's where it comes from. Hurt people, hurt people. So because of your woundedness, you didn't intentionally hurt your daughter, but that's what was happening. She's now hurt and wounded. And then that, you know, the cycle can continue as they say, but God, but Christ, you know what I'm saying? But, But because of Christ, we can stop it. And because of Christ, I know you and I are believing that it is going to stop, you know, yeah. from the generations, even in your family, from Brisha to her kids and all that, that it is going to stop yeah. because of what God has done in you and what God is doing uh, even now. But 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 it's key for people to realize that that's the um, it, that, that's why it's so vital. I think your story and this podcast, because people need to know freedom is available. And people need to hear, how do I get free? How did you get free? Mm-hmm. That that same freedom is available to them because too much is at, at stake. The next generation of women is at, at stake. The next generation of children is at stake. So, so it's not just if, when a person is wounded and they don't choose healing and freedom for themselves. It's not just them that miss out. It's everybody that they touch and impact and 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 pour into that miss out. So that's why I applaud you so much for doing your work and for continuing to do your work. Because by you doing your work, you you're helping your your children, your grandchildren. That that's going to be a difference. Oh yeah, I I'm grateful. I give honor to God, and I you'll hear me often say. I'm not just saying that. I say that because I need. A lot of times we hear people just say stuff. They're just saying things. When I say something, I'm saying it because, God, I want whatever it is you have for me to come out. I've been on a a journey long enough now that has been hurtful. Mm. Um, I mean, even to who, you know, I'm I'm, going to just say this and I don't know where in the world it might take me some years from now. I don't know. But I'm going to say this. Women. Be mindful of what you allow to come over your children. Because that also can, I mean, make things much worse. Because while you're trying to build and do the things that God will call you to do, you have to be mindful who you're allowing in to govern over. Because again, there are some situations that we can get it wrong once and that's all it takes. It's no coming back from it. There are some situations where, yes, God, there is grace where we can get a do-over. But we have to always think this. Lord, what if my decision today does not grant me a do-over? Mm-hmm. And, and what is the impact of that for the years to come? Yeah. Yeah. Let, so let's keep talking this journey with about um, Brisha. And so I, I, I kind of want to talk about, um, you oh, know, you say, crying now. 
I'm gonna tell you that right now, mother. Do not. <laughs> this is uh, a place of authentic and vulnerable. <laughs> Tears come with authenticity and vulnerability. I just want you to know that. So, um, and again, talking about the fruit you saw after you were you saw some healing, and like you said, you had the revelation that you were not emotionally available or had the capacity for Brisha and realized what that had done to her. And now you're trying to show up in a different way and doing some different things. And like I said, it helped. It 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 it, it did some good things in your relationship initially, right? Some things you guys were interacting and you saw fruit. And I remember you sharing the story about when you shared that testimony at the women's ministry about how you thought, okay, we're over the hardest part of our relationship now. That's what you thought in that moment because such fruit had happened in the relationship. But again, we don't know what's coming. And so after that, you there, there was a breach in the relationship again with you and Brisha. Some things happened because like you said, it's not just the journey of where you are. It's also Brisha's journey as well. You know, her own woundedness, her own hurts that have happened and you two trying to navigate that together. And so time went on and some things happened where um, there was a setback in your relationship, you know, where you guys were not speaking and were not um, talking um, at, uh, at, at for a time, you know, a, a, a couple of times. And so how did, how um, did you feel when that breakdown happened? Right. Again, because you, you had grown some things that happened, y'all had came together. And then there was a time when the relationship broke again. How, how what did that do for you? And how did you feel? You had been growing, you had been healing. What did, what did that do? Well, let me tell you first what it didn't do. I think that's better. It did not, this time, it did not make me second guess God. Amen. I, I need to say that because that's real. I, so I definitely need to say what it did not do. Because I remember when it, was, when it was first starting and all this rebellion and all this was coming and I'm thinking, you need to just do this and you just need to do that. And at that time, I didn't see the me, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't see the me. And I remember sliding down my wall and just crying because I felt like death was upon me. Like I thought mm -hmm. my, I had literally lost my child. Mm. I can't explain that feeling to mm. anybody. I don't even want to put myself mm. in the same category as a parent that has lost a child, but I'm telling you, I had such agonizing pain inside of me because I felt like God, you have let me lose my child, my baby girls. This I've given her everything I have in me to give. Mm. You, you mean that after you guys have been together, have come back together? No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm going to the beginning. Okay. I'm just saying in the beginning when it first happened, I kind of blamed God okay. because I was upset that, okay, God, I've given her everything I could give her as a parent. This is when mm -hmm. she was like 18. Mm -hmm. okay. she went off the chart. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I remember saying to God, why, why, why are you letting this happen? So that's why I can say after the breach, after we were at the women's conference and that breach happened again, it was different for me. I did not call on God and say, why are you keep letting this happen to me? What I didn't mm -hmm. because by now, by this time, even though I hadn't went through all the intense counseling and things like that, because I hadn't went through the intense counseling, uh, inner, I don't think I've been through healing at that point, but I was at a point where I knew enough. I had been to counseling. Mm -hmm. I knew enough to know by then, okay, 
this has a lot to do with you too. And so you're going to have to continue to trust God in this thing. And then it wasn't just me. There were other people that were added into our life that were uh, adding almost like fuel to the fire. Mm, mm -hmm. And so you have those outside forces too that, that uh, are not good for the situation. And so, um, so I did not uh, doubt questioning God. Now it did hurt me because I thought we were, I thought we were getting there and see, I'm not, I'm not that parent that, um, let me say this. I don't want a relationship with my daughter just because I want a relationship with my daughter. I know to some, they do whatever. They're like, this is my, I want to have a relationship to the end. I'll do whatever I need to do with them, hang out with them, whatever. I'm not, no, I want a relationship with my daughter that's healthy in Christ. That's what I've been wanting. And not, and often I've asked God this. It seems like because I desire it this way, it's the hardest journey ever to have it that way. Not and with my daughter, you um she doesn't allow me to verbalize anything to her because anything that I say to her is coming off as I'm against her, I'm judging her. So I almost have to be mute and silent. And that's not good either. Uh, uh, regardless, that's not. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes God has you to be silent for a season so that he can do some healing in the other person and you can get yeah. to a place where you can speak into the person's life. So, so sometimes mm -hmm. it's not, you know, uh, permanent silence. Yes. And that's, that's accurate. That is accurate. So it's, um, it was hurtful. It, it, it definitely was that, um, we're still in it. I mean, we're in it and every, uh, now I can say this for a mother that's dealing. And I know that mothers are dealing with this. I didn't know you, let me say, I didn't know you were going to go this deep into this. Um, there are mothers that are struggling with this. And I remember being the mother that felt like I was alone. Mm -hmm. And nobody, I really literally felt like I was on an island by myself. And then I began to find out that there were other mothers that were going through the same thing, that their children were up against them, fighting them or cursing them out. And uh, I mean, I, I said, oh, this is happening with other people. Yeah. And so um, I think now I think I know mothers that are hearing this. It's not something that flips a switch and it's just mm -hmm. completely changed. But what can change completely is your faith in Christ. No matter what, look at him. I remember looking, I think I gave this analogy before because it impacted me. Dr. Stanley said that it was a woman that he went to and he was struggling with some things trying to get done. And he said, she told him, what do you see in this image? It was a picture on the wall. And he said, well, he saw the lions. He saw Daniel. And she kept saying, what else do you see? He's telling her all these things. And then she said, no. Do you notice that his eye is not on the lions? His eye is on God. Mm. That has stayed with me because we, no matter what, if we trust the Lord, because he's real. I, need to, I don't know why this keeps coming up. So Lord, apparently you're allowing it to happen. He is real. So somebody's thinking... He's he's fictitious. He's not. He is real. He's mm -hmm. a real God. It's all it takes. 
all it takes is for you to make a decision to believe God is God. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and, yeah, and surrendering, you know, to the truth of His word. He, he, so, yeah. so he, 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 God is not separate from His word. So, just surrendering also to the truth of His word because that that's real as well, and it is powerful, and will it is transforming, and will renew your mind if you let it. There, if you let it, and we talked about that. I remember us talking about that in the. Uh, podcast before and i think it was towards the i remember talking about a want you have to want to do different you have to want things to be better so let me say this if my daughter and i'm gonna say it because this i've said it to the lord and i mean it because i didn't use i didn't know this part of me before if my daughter and i never reconcile i still trust god Amen. i'm leaving that there yeah, that's one of those, as they say, though he slay me, yet will I yeah, trust him for that. And, and, and you know, that that's the posture we have to take with God about everything in our life, because we we cannot make outcomes happen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You can be responsible for surrendering um, in places for your own healing. Right. You can you can take some steps in action, which you have. But the, but but Brisha has to be responsible for surrendering and taking those acts and, and, and steps for her own healing herself. So she has to do that part. And then, like you said, so, and you can't make you guys reconcile. And so you have to leave that before the Lord and you can't let whatever an outcome is good or bad, determine what your relationship is going to be like with the Lord. Like you said, if, if my marriage goes well, I'll trust him. If, if my children do well, I'll trust him. If my jobs go out, no, you, if you say it's no trust him, no matter what, no yeah. matter what the outcome is and believe that he is a good God. So that is a good posture to have, but, can but I'm going to leave kind of wrap, wrap. Oh, go ahead. I want to say this to you because it's in my spirit right now. Grandchildren. I love my grandchildren. I'm talking about my daughter has said to me, if you would have been that way with me, emotionally mm. attached to me the way you are with them. She said that. Mm. But I'm going to say this. Grandchildren will tug on your heart. They will because they have it was with me. They'll have you doing things for your children that God isn't calling you to do because you're worried and concerned about the well-being of your grandchildren. Mm. Mm -hmm. The same God that's taking care of your children is the same God that's going to take care of your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Even if it means the, some of us like, I don't want them in a shelter. I don't want so it, sometimes mm -hmm. it has to go that way, but the sometimes should be God. If that's what you're having to break yeah. what needs to be broken, that's what it has to be. Yeah. That's back to that trusting God and hearing from God and knowing you know, how to respond in giving situations because all, all situations, you know, relationships are different dynamics. But like you said, you want to you want to take it to God and, and find out from the Lord, how do I respond in this situation and not let the fear of what the outcome would be, like you said, determine mm -hmm. your uh, your action. But yeah. Okay. So what just wrap up this session with Brisha, what would you Thank what you. would be your prayer and <laughs> and, and hope that Brisha would just really get from you now? In terms of really, if you could just, if I could just get her to get this and understand this right now, what, what would that be? Oh my goodness. It wouldn't be to get me. I'm going to tell you what my prayer is for my daughter. I'm going to verbalize it to all the women. 
Well, that's a different yeah. question. But yeah, you can ask, answer that one. What's your prayer for her? But I also want you to answer what is it that you wish she would get and receive about you, about front okay. as it relates to you. But go ahead. So what she will receive, well, I'll tell them her. I pray that my daughter would have a relationship with the Lord that cannot be broken because if that happens, all the rest of this will take place. Even with your question that you're mm -hmm. asking me, he will, that will get resolved. Now, what would I like for her to know about where I'm about me now, where am I at, where I'm at with her? Am I make sure I got it right? Yeah, just as she, what, 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 what do you wish she would understand about mm -hmm. you know you and her relationship and things that happen and all that has happened? Mm -hmm. What, what do you wish she really would get and receive and hear from you? Yeah, that what I did, I did from a place of love. What I did, I made some errors uh, along the way and choices um, uh, that may have been made decisions. The way I did things, I guess that's the best way to say that um if she could hear me and know that as her mother um wherever i hurt you know that i deeply deeply apologize i didn't do it intentionally i would love her to know that the steps that i've made to gain healing it started because of her it started because of me sliding down on that wall, feeling like I'm losing my daughter. It began because I wanted that healthy, loving, God-loving relationship with my daughter. I love her immensely. Uh, I wish there were some things I could take back and... Um, I mean, and they're they're literally going through my head. I wish there were some things I could take back mm -hmm. and do over for her. Mm -hmm. I I I think about I can't say that I wish that my woundedness didn't happen because it was the very things of that woundedness in my life that has shaped some things with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but if if she would know anything, know that I have learned the true meaning of what love is and what it looks like mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. I would have given her the emotional side of me that she so desperately was yearning, but I didn't have an eye to see mm -hmm. that that's what she needed or the capacity to even give it to her. But the mother that I am now, mm -hmm. I know how to do that. Because God has walked me on a journey. Mm. So if ever she sees it within herself be, to say, mm, mm. I want to start where we are. We can't change where mm -hmm. we are. We bring up what came from the past. Let's start where we are and build a healthy relationship in Christ as a mother and daughter. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And, and I hear, I hear your heart of, like you said, you 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 wouldn't say you wish the emotional abuse didn't happen because I mean the abuse didn't happen because it's a part of your story and who you are. But I hear your heart in that you wish the the abuse and your woundedness didn't have the impact on her that it did. Yes. And it, yeah, it didn't have the impact on it. it did. Yes. I said I was going. The last thing about Risha, 
<laughs> who, who do you see her to be past the natural? Just, I mean, who, who, when you think of Brisha, I mean, cause I, I've had the, I've had the um, pleasure of meeting your daughter. And again, when I see past the, it, it, it makes me think about when I met you, I saw this exterior, but I saw your heart and I knew it was a lot behind that wall and those wounds. And when I met Brisha, I felt the same way. I mm -hmm. saw this exterior, but I'm like, wow. This is an amazing woman here behind all of this. So just talk about that for a moment. Oh, yes. I can tell you what I see. <laughs> I can see because I see her all the time beyond that shell. Yes. So that shell is hurt. Yes. That shell is pain. That shell is, okay, you're not the only one to hurt me. Because I've heard mm. my daughter say, no one will ever hurt me again. No, mm. That's what that is. And I, I resonate with that. But when I see her beyond that, I see her as a powerful mother. I see her as someone that once she really locks in on God, she's going to be so powerful mm. in him. And she, I see her as a woman that loves other women. First of all, she gives of herself. Let me say that. When she isn't doing some of these things that we call like craziness and all the time, she gives of herself in such a powerful way. She gives her last. And um, so I see a loving mother. I see a loving daughter. I see a, a daughter of Christ. I see someone walking in Christ and ministering to other women and lifting them up and building them up. That's what I see. I see her being serious about the things of the father. That's what I see. I see her having forgiveness for others because she had to find herself to be on the forgiving side and vice versa. You know, I mean, that just brings tears to my eyes when you talk, because you know what you what you're saying, you see. And you know what I hear? I hear what I saw in you. When I sat across that table from you, I, I, I everything you're saying, I'm like, that's what I saw. And, and, and it's the same thing with, like you said, with Brisha. And it's amazing what how woundedness distorts who we are. Yes. It, it causes us to build these masks and walls that are nothing like who we are in Christ. And just like God brought you out of from behind that wall, and now you're all those things that you're described by Brisha. Because I always said to myself, y'all a lot alike. Y'all are a lot alike. So when you're just sitting there describing her, I'm just like, that's you. You're describing you the same way. Loving women, and, you know, entrepreneurial. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, all all of that. When you are focused on some, you're. I mean, all the things you just said about Brisha, that is you. Yeah. And so I am just, it's just sitting here in tears. But I know, just like the Lord brought you out from behind that wall and those wounds, He is going to bring Brisha out from behind that as well. And so oh, yeah. I, I, I just rejoice now in the day when you guys are in a great space again. Oh yeah, me too. Cause Amen. I had a picture. Uh, I keep a picture of her and my grandchildren up. I don't care what bad space, and I'm gonna say this too to women. I don't care what space you're in with your children. You don't take their pictures down. You don't hide them from yourself because you can't take it. You let it stay out, enemy. You you're not gonna tear this down. So yeah. I keep pictures of my grandchildren and my daughter up 
Even yeah. when I look at it and I have to talk to it, right? <laughs> no problem. But I'm looking at a picture of her and me that we took together. It was last, beginning of last year or the end of the, it was, I think it was 2021, end of 2021 or beginning of 2021. We're taking this picture together. Praise God. That was when we, we were literally in a short stint. It lasted for like two months when we were in a good space. And when she said something about pictures, I ran because let me get this now. But we're together. And I'm looking at the picture and I said, outside of her skin tone, she looked like me. I had yeah. never seen you, that. You have to send me a copy. I have not seen a recent picture. Yes. And I'm going to send you a copy, uh, a, pic, a photo of you when she was pregnant with uh, her, her baby boy. I, I, and okay. it was so much joy on both of y'all faces. I'm going to send that to you. Thank you. But yeah, for praise God. So we're but done I, with that part, right? Say it again. We're done with that part, yeah. right? Yeah, we are. Okay. <laughs> so, so I want to kind of go uh, the next, just the last part to kind of wrap up. Okay. You know, you talked about, we talked about your wounds. We talked about what God used to heal you. We talked about setbacks as it relates to Brisha, but I want to talk now about the bigger setback that happened in your life after you had went through all that emotional healing, counseling, all that you were doing, you know, you were on a good um, trajectory in life. And then 2019 happened. And a whole lot of stuff happened in 2019 with you. And I began to see some of the things that had disappeared come back in your life. I began to see anger rise back up in you. I began to see frustration. I would hear it in your voice again. I, I began to see the wall, little bricks begin to be built up a little bit like the I don't want to be bothered with people and, and women and relationships. I began to see that come back up and it 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 um it didn't frighten me. That's not the right word, but it grieved my spirit. I was like, Lord, no, you she's not, you know, it's been so much wrong. Don't let that's not go back. I was like, no. And I I just began to intercede and pray for you at a level I, I really did of 2019. So I want you to talk about what happened in 2019. And what will you experience? Again, it's back to it reminds me of uh, us at that restaurant. I can tell you what I was seeing and hearing in 2019 from you, but I want to hear from you. What were you, what happened to get you there and what were you experiencing? Because I want people to know, you know, there's fruit, there's growth, but then that doesn't mean it's all a yellow brick road from here on out, right? Because God talks about even when we bear, bear fruit, there's pruning so that he can get more fruit. So it's not like everything is rosy once you come through this point. But 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 I felt like you did, you had grown a lot. There was a lot of fruit. And then you came to another place where I'm like, okay, the enemy, we're not going back. But talk okay. about that season. Well, let me take a sip because I'm going to need some. <laughs> I need some water for this. Okay. <laughs> so 2019 was huge. Uh, for one, I had stepped away from my job, stepped out on faith because I felt I knew that's what I didn't just feel it. I knew that's what God was calling me to. Nervous, but I did it. And he's shown me, yes, I called you to that. So 2019, I'd already done this. So I'm nervous. I got a lot going on because it's not like it's the instant. Uh, it wasn't like it was an instant success, right? You, you got the struggles you have to go through. So end of 2019 is what you're speaking of. Um, things started happening. We had the George Floyd. That was the beginning. For mm. me. And I could not understand 
Mm. I don't even like that image in my head. That image right now to this day affects me. I try to block it out. But that was when it began. And I couldn't understand, God, why you got one racism thing happening after the next. Why do we have to keep going through this? So it was the constant racism being piled on top of one thing after the next. And so clearly, God, what are we doing? You know, I started listening to listening to other people's conversation. Mm when they were talking about different things and maybe God not doing this. And when you're, when you're in a dark space and you start seeing all this and you're allowing those things, that's why the word of God said, be careful what we allow into mm. our hearing and to our ear gates. Okay. Because you begin, you already have this going on and then you start listening to people and they begin to affect you in your thought process. So I got to a place where I wasn't praying like I should, but mm. in a real low, dark place. On top of everything we we're talking about, my daughter, marriage, you name it, it was coming down on me. And I'm talking to the Lord about why is all of this happening? I couldn't understand why it was all happening. Now, I begin, I withdrew. Mm-hmm. And you called me, I don't remember the day, but I remember the first time you reached out. And I'm I remember, I'm like, I'm not about to listen to her tell me all of this is going to be okay. And the Lord, like, that's what I said. I said, I'm not about to listen to that. I'm not. And so, but let me say, even though we, I'm saying it and we're joking, laughing a little bit about it, that was one of the pivotal moments that messed me clean up. I never should have done that because me shutting you out helped to grow almost the mold is what I want to call it. Mm bad bacteria because now you shut out what God is bringing into your space to help to keep you in a posture before him. But I pushed that out because I don't want to hear because Mm -hmm. remember now I got other people in my ear. I have things going on with my daughters, things going on in the marriage. You have all this. It's just nonsense. I have the business I'm trying to, it's just so much going on, but bigger than that, racism is at large. Mm -hmm. And we're reversing. We're going back. Now, God, how can you allow this to happen? So I was in a really, really, really bad place. And I kept rejecting you because you were a constant reminder to me of how I have to focus on Christ and not on the circumstances. And I didn't want to focus on Christ fully in that. I need God to explain to me why this racism keep coming up. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it very light now. I mean, it was a struggle. Yeah. I was struggling. But it, it was my, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say a couple other things that I remember that was going on. One, you know, that was that was during the pandemic, right? So, and I remember you saying, I said, I said, Eleanor is the only one that's like, this is working for me. Isolation is working for me. That was just feeding it to where you were, right? So, so, but, but a couple other things that was going on there, you know, you went through a hard church transition thing. Things were going on with the church. Huge. With churches, because you also, I remember us having several conversations that you were very frustrated about Christian leaders 
falling in 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 the area of morality. So you so you were just frustrated with that, and I think you were just frustrated with God for allowing it. I remember I remember us having a conversation about your frustration with the Lord because you and you almost like resisting wanting to yield and surrender to the Lord with your life because you were saying look at this world and what's happening and what's going on. Why am I going to give you my life? What, what, what are you doing about all this other stuff? Because you, you didn't feel the outcomes were where, what yeah. you wanted or where they should be. And you're like, God, why aren't you doing something about it? But, but so it was yeah. just so much anger and frustration rising up in you. And I do remember, I, I'm sure it was times where you looked at the phone it's like, I ain't about to be bothered with her. But there were times <laughs> when you picked up the phone and I could hear your voice like, mother, what do you want? And I ain't even trying to hear it, but okay, I'm gonna try to be respectful and try. <laughs> oh, all of that. I, let me say though, I wanna say this because um, I, I need, if, if there's gonna be genuine healing for women, I need them to get it all. The very one before us that right now, my spiritual mother, I was angry with you for a short period of time because of what the transition with our church. And I, mm. I, I'm saying angry, but it wasn't angry because I can honestly say I wasn't angry. I think that word just came. It, I was frustrated. I could because we had a leader that came in and I just felt like if the church was if you all were praying, like you said, you were praying. How did this happen? Mm. But I want to speak to that. Because I was so bothered. I even told you. I said, well, weren't you all? You all said you were praying. How are you all saying you're praying? And here this man is. He's mm-hmm. coming in and doing this. And then our previous pastor, you just walk away and all these. And and so all of this is happening. And people are, you know, people were talking. Everybody's talking. So it gets all convoluted. Well, it was later. When my, um, when my girlfriend she literally, um, and I can say her name, Karen. Oh my goodness, my goodness. She sent me. I think I said that she sent me a text message and asked me to listen to this message. And so we're in the middle of all this racism and stuff, and you sending me Dr. Stanley. <laughs> okay, so I'm no. Now let's be clear on this. I don't have nothing. I'm not no racism or nothing inside of me. But in that, we were in that moment of life where all this racism is going on. And this is what you sent me. But God knew better mm-hmm. on what he did because he knew I promised her I would watch this. He knew that I would keep my word and watch it. I never looked back. And the reason why I'm talking about that is because it was the teaching of Dr. Stanley. Mm-hmm that showed me what God was probably trying to penetrate my heart with you, but I couldn't listen to you. But he showed me that sometimes things happen. So when you all said you were praying over, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that you weren't. It wasn't that Dr. Stanley gave this message one time about how God allows things to happen, even when people are praying, because it has to go a certain way Mm -hmm. to get, the outcome that is desired. Mm-hmm. That was one of those moments that let me say, wow, I started seeing, but it was after Dr. Stanley passed away this past April, they gave me, and God had already began to work on me. It was a couple of weeks before God started working on me about our previous pastor and about how forgiveness, full 
forgiveness. And I'm like, I thought I forgave him. Uh, but it was like, I still had that something inside of me that wasn't mm -hmm. right. God had started working on me with that. Then I started praying over Dr. Stanley, praying over his life in my devotion time. I didn't know. I'm just doing this. Next thing I know, he's passed away. We're talking about this is all within a matter of two weeks. When he passed away, they gave uh, this documentary of his life. I'm listening to it in the bed. Well, let me say this. Before I started listening to it, that, that Holy Spirit told me I needed to get up and go to church to Pastor Brooks Church and go there and ask him for his forgiveness. What well, I'm mm -hmm. asking him for his forgiveness for, right? Lord, this is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Now, I go on and I'm listening. This all happened in a matter of hours now. So I'm, I'm, the documentary comes out and I listen to it. It's early in the morning because I'm on early rise at 4.30 in the morning, 4.35 a.m. So I'm listening to this documentary. And when he started talking about the heart of a man that loves the Lord, mm. talking about how decisions that are made, he talked about how he had to leave his church and his church members, even from his older church, were speaking about how they were upset and bothered that he was leaving. But he said he knew that even in it all, this is what God was calling him to. And he he was hurt from it because they have Dr. Stanley talking, you know, mm -hmm. they, uh, where he did sermons on it. So snippets of it. He said he knew that this is what God was calling him to. He didn't know why, but he knew. Immediately, I knew, God, you just mm -hmm. dealt with me a mm -hmm. few minutes ago about going to the church. Mm -hmm. and, I need to, and now I got it. And I went and I went to Pastor Brooks and I asked for his forgiveness. He's like, to him, he went to say, I said, please don't. Mm -hmm. This is what I know God is calling me to. And ever since that moment, I've been able to go to his church and worship there because I know he's a man that loves the Lord. Mm -hmm. I know that he has a heart for the father. Yes. And so often we lose our blessings because we're holding resentful animosity when God is doing something greater that we can't even see. Yeah. yeah. And we don't understand it. That, that, that's the thing. Like you said, some things will always happen that you don't understand or agree with. But it goes back to what you said earlier. It's about trusting God and not, not man, not outcomes, because outcomes are not always going to go the way we want. They're not even going to go the way we think is right. You know, we think, well, this is what's right. This is what should happen. They're not always going to go like that because we serve a God that's more powerful, omnipotent, understand he's, he sees it all. He knows all the things that he's trying to do. And so some things are just going to look crazy to us. And we have to learn that if it's out of our control, there's not anything we can do about it. We have to trust God, you know? Yes. And, and, and so, and that, that's what I think of matter of fact, that's what I know that again, God overall was uh, getting, you know, from you in that moment, you know, he was just trying to get you to a place of trusting. And, and, and this is what I'm glad you talked about Dr. Stanley, because, you know, we talked about the setback, kind of what was happening, what got you there, but then talking about what got you out of it, how God used again, something that it reminds me of what you said about the healing um, ex uh, activity that you did when you were like, what is this? This ain't going to do nothing. Because if anybody ever told, would have told me that you were going to be an avid listener 
of Dr. Charles Stanley, and you and, and as well known as he is, it's amazing that you never were familiar with any of his teaching. And and, and God, the Holy Spirit had somebody send this to you, right? And this is the last person you would have ever thought you would have been, you know, hearing and listening to it and God using to transform your life and heal you even further. And that's exactly who he used. I mean, it, that, that is just, when you told me you were listening to Dr. Charles, I was like, who? Because I, I knew who he was. I was like, you listening to who? You? Because if somebody had to ask me, even in the natural, I would say, oh, no, don't, don't she's not going to listen to that. But God, again, knew and had it come to you and you begin to just soak in that word that he was teaching and the yeah. word just took you took you out of that setback and took you at an even deeper healing and more growth and yes. more fruit yes. and, and this you you've come out of this time and this season mm -hmm. um even just you know looking more and more like Christ oh my goodness i got to interject something i got to say this I was a person that always wanted teaching. That's how I ended up at Evangel. My daughter's godfather, um, he called me one day and he said, I know you are yearning someone that teaches because everybody, I can't take the hooping and the hollering mm -hmm. and the loud. Like I did. People listen to that. I'm not against, that's people choice. I'm not going against nobody. But I, God had already planted in me years on early as a young person that I needed to be taught Something about me needed to be taught. So even though I might have been a little, because I don't have to drink, smoke, get high, nothing. I got a natural high, right? So, but I needed um, that real teaching. Right. And he called me. He said, I think you would enjoy this teaching. And that's how I ended up there. So I go and I was instantly with Pastor Brooks. I was hooked, line and mm -hmm. sinker. So Pastor, uh, Dr. Stanley, he just, it's like he swooped in and took it to a whole nother level for me. It's like, because that's what I, I desire the word of God. And I get it when it's given to me in a place of seriousness, because God is not a joke. He's not a game to me. He's real. And when we utilize his word as a joke, I take, I have a problem with that. I don't even want to be in the midst of mm -hmm. ministry that does that. That's my preference because God is a real God. That doesn't mean that God doesn't have it. I'm not saying it from perspective. Like people say, well, God doesn't have this. Listen, what I'm saying is his word is serious. And that is why. So that's how even his teaching, when I first heard his very words come out of his mouth. Yeah. It's like, and I just, his younger years, his, all he did was grow older. His voice changed. His teaching stay the same. And yeah. the other thing is this, and I'm gonna let you say the next thing, mother, and it's this. When we, what happened with Pastor Brooks and the Lord prompted me to go there, I'm gonna say this. Where my pastor was gone, went to another church and we had this gap. Dr. God allowed Dr. Stanley to come in. Dr. Stanley passes away. God starts to mend my heart for Pastor Brooks. Now I'm able to sit under teaching that I know is powerful. Um, so many times, ladies, we miss what God has for us because we stuck in our own way. I wouldn't even begin to teach it right now, sitting under someone that genuinely has a heart for the Lord. Yeah. But, you know, it goes back I don't know, to where we started, at, and that's with wounds. Right. 
when you are wounded and hurt and and uh, have unforgiveness, it will keep you from the very thing that you need to feed you and to strengthen you and to encourage you that God is trying to get to you. It will keep you from that because your hurt and your wound and your pain and your wall won't let that thing get to you. And that's why, you know, as we've talked about these, both of these episodes, that women allowing the Lord to guide them and direct them to full freedom and healing is so key because so many things are not able to get to you. People, relationships, blessings, fruit, so much that the Holy Spirit is trying to get to you can't get to you because of this wall, because of these wounds, because of this hurt. So many things the Lord wants you to see, you can't see because of all of that. And, and even going back to what started this whole me interviewing you is the letter that I wrote. Yeah. That's what prompted me in, in writing that letter because we talk about a journey of freedom. And, and again, I, I got on the train with you, you know, halfway on your journey but where I've seen God bring you from, I mean, and we talked about the things he used, the, the emotional healing, the counseling, the um, women's ministry, the teaching of pastors. And even, you know, then uh, ultimately just the teaching through Dr. Stanley, the word of God and, and all the way along the journey, even though you had some setbacks, every time you would come through that, you would be more and more like Christ. And I would see that and hear that in you. And that's what prompted me to write that letter because I was just in tears seeing the fruit that I see. And, and I would kind of summarize it like this. And then you can say, you know, the final things you want to say. You know, there's there's one thing to say, I love the Lord and I'll, I'll, I, I sacrifice for the Lord, right? But one thing about sacrifices is that you can choose what you sacrifice. Like you said, mm. I, I can choose how much time I'm going to give the Lord. I can choose if I'm going to be in this ministry. I can choose what I'm going to give to the Lord. I can choose how much money I'm going to give the Lord. You can choose all those sacrifices. But there is a difference between sacrifice and surrender. And, and what I have seen in you over the years is that now you are surrendered. You, you are not, you know, fully all that God is going to do in you is not there, but surrender is the key because when we're, when we are surrendered, God can do what he needs to do. He can guide and direct us. He can move us to where he needs to be to get us to where he wants. But if we're not surrendered, that will stop that. That will stop our growth. It will stop our hearing the Lord. It will stop everything. And so that is the biggest thing that I see in you now. There is this full surrender, like you say, you know, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I, it don't matter the outcome. It don't matter what happens in my marriage with my daughter. I want these things a certain way and to happen a certain way. And I'm praying and trusting God and believing. But more than anything, I want him. And more than anything, you want him. And I see that in you now. And, and the other thing I would say is that more than anything, you have the love of Christ in you flowing out of you in a way that I had, haven't seen before. And that is powerful. The love, unconditional love of Christ, I say, is a superpower. That is what the world needs to hear and see. And he is always trying to transform believers so that we can look like him and love like him. 
And I am so proud that I see that in you now. You love with the unconditional love of Christ. And 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 I love you dearly. And I do mean that. And, and it's been a journey and a joy to watch that transformation in you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I, I wanna if something was crossing my mind, and it's kind of, it's away from it's not exactly on this. You didn't say anything specific to this, but I'm thinking about, you know, I talk about uh, my mom. Um, that's just awesome to uh, have my mom and to know that she's always told, kept us focused on the mm-hmm. Lord, whether whatever our path, it, that was the, the, the foundation. Having you as a spiritual mother, that's just awesome for me, right? It's, it's just beyond amazing. But I also, one person I don't, um, my aunt, and she is also amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an aunt that we talk almost every single day, mm-hmm. every day. Um, she, when I'm in seasons, of, she will have a conversation with me. She's not one of those aunts that tell me, oh, it's okay. That, no, she, I remember her telling me one time, I need you to go toe to toe with the Lord. Get by yourself, shut the blinds, doors and everything. Don't answer anything. And you get before God and seek him for what it is that he will have you to do. I'm bringing that up because I have, I always talk about you and my mom, but when you have women that are older than you, as Titus 2 and 2 talks about, is the older women to teach the younger women. See, you have to first want to be a student of that. You want, you need to, that, that first has to happen. And I want it to be, first of all, I'm respectful of, of the, of these individuals, but I'm, I'm a student and I want to know. And so that's why I'm able to receive from being able to let Titus work for me, the older women teaching the younger women, because I want to know, I want to be the Mary at Jesus feet. Mm -hmm. That's what I desire. And so I just want to say that um, women, if you have women of wisdom that are wanting to pour into you don't waste that because just as i said earlier on um there are some decisions we make we get it right we can we only have one time to get it and we should look at our life as such lord what if this is the only time i have to get this right so don't lose out on the precious opportunities that god is giving you and though we're talking about me um, I have a long way to go, a long way to go. But what I'm grateful for is that I genuinely love the Lord and trying every day to get it right. And we can be in hardships, ladies. We can in seasons of hardship. That's what this, I'm in hardship. But will you continue to serve the Lord? That's what he wants mm-hmm. to know. Will you continue to honor me in it all, mm-hmm. I just I just want to say that. Mm-hmm. Want to say that? Yeah, definitely. In the hard times and in the um, you know, fruitful blessing times, they can say, "Will we continue to serve the Lord?" Well, it has been um, you know, a joy to be on this journey with you. Um, it has been a joy just to just to even um, recount 
the journey and 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 you know as they say you look back and wonder you know how we got to this how you got to this point how all the the distance that the lord has brought you it is just um great to to even recount that again and learn some things about the journey that i didn't even know but um just to see the fruit and i can't wait for the next season of what God is going to do. I, I really can't, I, you know, because again, he, he, he just keeps taking you d- to a deeper and deeper place in him with a greater and greater love for him. And so I can't just, I can't wait to see what the Lord will do in this next, in this next season and what he's going to do with that. So um, it's a blessing. I've enjoyed interviewing you and uh, I, whatever final note, note you want to say to the ladies uh, that I, well, We'll just go ahead and I guess we'll just end it at this. And that is, I stated what I said about just being a student of, and I'm just hopeful that this interview um, has helped someone uh, as I've allowed myself to be open to questions that I did not know what they were going to (laughs) be. My hope is that someone, if it's anything that you do from this, Know that in the hard time that you're in now, God is with you. He has never left you. I know I'm walking in some serious hardship of my life right now, but I know God is faithful. And I ask you to be the same. Amen.